Hello, uh, this is Barstool Buddha channel, but you might notice that Rip's not here and the bar, bar's not there anymore. So I'm probably going to label this something like uh, Barstool Buddha Bits or something. Just some commentary on the side. Uh, so we wanted to get into some things today that are happening, and uh, we're in between uh, the, the actual settings for the Barstool Buddhas. We do one every other week, and this just happens not to be that week, and I needed to look into some other technical things been testing. So wanted to just use this opportunity to do that as well as just uh, voice a few things. Uh, this week I was traveling again and uh, was on airplanes, and... Uh, uh, you know, the whole mask thing is really being ramped up again. The breakthroughs of the uh, the Delta variant, all that stuff. People are trying to freak out again. Uh, but I'm not going to go into a lot of that. I'm just going to talk around these subjects a little bit. Uh, the one thing that was new and different, and I, I really feel it's kind of insidious, uh, they're changing the tactics out here to try to get you to take the vaccine if you haven't had it or mask up, or just go with the status quo, whatever that is today. <laughs> and it changes every day. But I noticed I was on an airline, and I won't mention the airline because I like the airline fairly well. And, you know, if you say something nasty about something anymore, you get canceled, and I don't like to, I don't like to walk to my job. Uh, but they've shifted from kind of threatening you now. They'll mention the, uh, the mandates, this, that, and the other, and the fines and all that. But they're kind of downplaying that. The, the little film that came on at the beginning of the flight was, we're all in this together. We're helping each other. We're keeping each other safe. You're our priority. Safety's your priority. Well, you know, I don't discount that some of that's true. I mean, and people need to hear that. And they need to feel safe. Okay. But let's, let's put it this way. Their priority as an airline is to make money. Their priority is not to run afoul of the federal government. Their, their priority is to comply with all the placards and lighting in the cabin and all the powers that they've been given by the federal government to make sure that you're not rowdy on the plane. An interesting point is, I noticed a while back, they quit ser serving alcohol and coach on most of these flights I'm on, but they tell you. You can't bring your own. Now, you know, that's just like uh, staking out private territory. That's a monopoly on the booze. Uh, just, just, I'm not trying to be funny. I just point these things out that everything you do from the time you step off the curb at an airport till you step back into the street and get in your car, your Uber, whatever you're doing is so tightly controlled. I mean, I swear there's not anything that you can do in an airport that doesn't have a rule. Now, I understand many of them, but I think the big warning and the big watch out is just look back to 9-11. That was a really bad situation that's led to 20 years of just god-awful stuff for everybody. And some of it we had to accommodate to live a peaceful life and a safe life and got no problem with that. Uh, but the one thing I want folks to notice is the rules, the laws, all the things that were put in place 20 years ago are still in place, whether they're needed or not. And there's the lesson. All the things that are coming down the pike now about this virus, everything they're implementing, they're not going to go away because they have, they have above all, for the people in power and the control and all that it brings, it's very useful. It's a precedent. And anyone who knows anything about the law, and I don't know much, like I keep saying, I'm a lawyer, not a lawyer. Thank God I'm not a lawyer. Sorry for the slip. 
Uh, I'd like to be a lawyer sometimes, but not today. But the the system is based uh, in in the large measure, uh, in many cases, upon a uh, uh, something that happened before, a precedent. So once they set a precedent and it's been uh, reaffirmed several times, that kind of becomes the basis for a lot of the uh, outcomes of trials and situations. And so what we've got on our hands now is 20 years of precedent for following these kind of emergency measures. Uh, some of them have been necessary, and some of them I won't argue with. Some of them are uh, very valuable to our safety because there's a lot of people out there trying to do mean and nasty things. But it's a warning. You know, these things, in my opinion, should have a timeline on them, and they should have to be uh, reset every once in a while. You know, the whole thing about 9-11 and some of the things we did, they should be looked at on a three- to four-year basis at the max. Is it necessary? If not, if they can't get a positive vote to keep it in force, it needs to just expire, just like some of the tax cut laws that you know about. It's good for three years. It expires. Somebody has to come back, do something else about it. Because if they don't do that, what we have is an ever-increasing garbage heap of useless and imposing rules on us. And, you know, you can't go out the door without breaking at least four municipal laws, four or five federal guidelines, and God knows how many traffic violations just by going down to the store to get a loaf of bread. We have legislated ourselves into a big dark room of just control, and it's only getting worse. It's like riding on an airplane these days, and I'm picking on the airplanes because it's a particularly unpleasant experience. They pack these cabins as full as they can, uh, and it's not comfortable. It's not pleasant. You're captive, uh, and it's, you have to do it if you have to go somewhere. But it's, it's a microcosm of what I see happening in the world when I travel. You're being caged in, and that's not, if you're on the border, you're some other places, uh, you're in some of these countries, caged in is a reality, a, a literal reality, but we're being caged in in many, many ways. And right now, it looks like uh, the government, the CDC, you know, all the World Health Organization, they're, they're busy freaking out about the pandemic. And while it is a very bad thing, lots of people have died. Um, you know, the choices are clear for you now. In our country, in the U.S., you can get a vaccination anywhere. You can go get it. So I chose to get mine because of the work I do, and I just I felt like I needed to do it. And I, I will say I did it for the greater good. I didn't do it because I agree with it. I'm not sure of the efficacy. But because of what I do in the area that I, I go out and play in, I thought it was a fair and equitable thing for me to do for society. Um, if I had already been retired, I would not have that. But saying that, now that it's readily available, if you choose not to take it, it's your choice. If I, having the vaccine, breathe on you and somehow this variant's breaking through and all that, and you get COVID, that was your choice. It's not my fault. You had the opportunity, the means, it's free, go get it. But instead of taking that tax, the government is going to cage the rest of us, metaphorically. Uh, you'll have to wear a mask even though you had uh, had the vaccine. Uh, your your activities will be limited. Your movements will be limited. It's it's a nightmare, and it's insane. It's quite clearly they've stood, they stood the statue on its head. It's just it doesn't make sense. I did the right thing by some measure, by 
the government's accounting, I got the vaccine. I do what I do. I get on the planes. I put on my mask. I do what they ask me to do when I'm in common areas. Uh, I would probably do the right thing anyway, but it's mandated now. It's federal law. You must wear a mask at all times in the airport. And I was in Philadelphia uh, the other day, and I heard a new message said, if you if you choose not to wear a mask in the airport, your first offense will be two hundred fifty dollars. Your second will be five hundred. Well, an offense. This is just an edict in most cases. I don't. I can't tell you that I know that a law has ever been passed by any agency in this in the government of the United States at any level. A law. This is just people making this up as they go, um, based upon what they think are their emergency powers. And again, emergency powers, in my opinion, should have a time limit. It should have to be renewed, uh, depending on the severity of the issue, in a certain timeline. But all that aside, to start giving people tickets in an airport, first of all, what law are they going to charge you with? What judge is going to actually uh, adjudicate against your, your premise that you don't have to because it's not on the books? We are running towards the edge of of the end of liberty right here uh, and people are sitting there doing it so i'm i'm encouraging folks today we're getting very close to the point where we're going to have to say go back and claim your freedom because it's going to be gone and that's going to be very difficult to do the only way they're going to take away your liberties and freedoms is if you allow it if you sit back and let your fear of the of the virus or whatever or your idea of going along with the citizenry and doing the right thing those are all noble concepts but look at the bigger picture remember 9-11 the rules are still in place for what happened 20 years ago you're giving up something that will not come back most likely so don't give it away too quickly because you will not get it back in most cases. So, you know, before you just nod and comply, you ask why. Get out there. Get in the mix. Call your representatives. Call your city council. Whoever is passing these edicts, this is still a country of law, barely. And they're hiding behind the fact that there's an emergency. And this is historically how a lot of coups, how a lot of takeovers take place, how a lot of tyrants stay in power historically. They claim they claim it's an emergency. Somebody's knocking on the door and they're going to break down the door. We've got to do just anything and everything. Um, back and I hate to always equate everything to Nazi Germany because it's a, it's a hot button. But back in the early 1930s, uh, when the, the, the National Socialists took over, they convinced the people of Germany that they no longer needed to defend themselves. And they got the people in the country to vote away their right to have arms. Hitler didn't take the guns away. Hitler didn't put the Jews in concentration camps on his own whim. He had the legal system in that country to change the laws. He had the people of the country vote on things, and he had those laws changed. So in, 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 the, in, in a certain window of understanding, actually many of the things he did in the legal context were actually legal. He actually changed the system to where it was legal to put 
a, a large number of people in concentration camps. He took the right to defend yourself away with a weapon, but he only did it. If you say he did it, he convinced the people that there was a greater threat, but that the, the fatherland would take care of them and that there was no worries to be had. So listen up. I know in this country, we've always sat around and said, well, you know, we're the greatest country on the planet. We have these freedoms, these liberties, and we can handle anything. Well, that's true to a point. Uh, but these days, we've got people who are actually pursuing another line of reasoning, another set of values. They're very active. And if you're not very active, uh, there's going to be a problem. Because if you're not active in pursuing what you think are your values and the way you want your government to run and how you want your freedoms and liberties to be preserved, you have got to do something. It is not a free ride. You can't sit back idly watching those who want their change do what needs to be done to get it and simply hope and think it's never going to happen here. So that's kind of a rant, but I got to tell you something. The writing is on the wall. And uh, if you don't believe me, going to a big city, they're writing on all the walls when they're not busy trying to burn it down. I was in New York this week and I was talking to some folks. The, the, the thing about Manhattan came up. And, you know, back in the 70s, uh, Midtown, you know, Times Square, all those areas, it was a horrible place. It was basically a red light district. Uh, you know, um, it was just a string of bars and not too great of people hanging around doing whatever they did. And then there came a time when the citizenry and the government in New York City decided to make Manhattan parts of it a showcase. And for a couple of decades, they did a really great job. It was a tourist destination. People wanted to go see Broadway shows. They wanted to be tourists. They wanted to go to Manhattan, get all the great food that's there. And then the pandemic came around and the riots came around. And the locals that I talked to are very discouraged. They say, we've gone back almost 50 years to what it used to be, 45 years, that they're afraid to go to. They don't go there. And let me tell you what, when somebody on, on, on Long Island will tell you they're afraid to go into the city, that's a very disturbing sign because those people are not known, known for backing down up there. Uh, they're, they're right in your, you're in your face kind of people. So it's a warning. It's a warning, folks. Uh, New York City used to be one of the crown jewels of American cities, on not only in this country, but on, on the planet. And it's being reduced to uh, pretty dire straits. Uh, and I don't need to go into who's doing it, why, whatever. You watch the news, you know. But it's a warning for the rest of it. This is coming to a town near you. Pay attention. Well, I guess that's all I'm going to say today. I've already probably upset a few people. Hopefully, uh, if you're either upset for or upset by this, you'll take a little time to go looking. Verify some of this. Don't take my word. This is an opinion. I have an opinion. I still have an opinion. And I value the right to have an opinion. And if you do too, take a look at what's going on around you. And be prepared to speak up now while you can. Have a great day.